Thank you, Terry. Good morning. <clears throat> My name is Susan and I'm happy to welcome you to Unity Center for Positive Living in Centralia. We're really glad that you all are here today. And we're going to start with the daily reading from the daily word. And today that word is now. I find my power in this very moment. There is power in this very moment. Yesterday is past and tomorrow is not yet here. There is only this moment ripe with promise and potential ready for me to live into it fully. Through my many divine gifts, everything I need to get started is within me. I need not wait for the perfect moment to arrive because there is no time more perfect than now and no place more perfect than here. Procrastination has no place in my life. I fritter away my energy when I find reasons not to get started. Losing my zeal and focus and inviting frustration into my life. Today I claim the power of the present and say, this is the day I begin. Now is the time to begin, to serve, to forgive, to create, and to love. And from 2 Corinthians 6, 2, see, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. And we will have our first song, Surely the Presence, and uh, Terry will lead us in that. join me we will say our opening statement together there is only one presence and one power active as the universe and as my life god the good and our welcoming song is water and terry will lead us through that See 
seems when I let go of expectations and regret. Life has plenty of surprises for me yet. Wanna be like water coming down a mountain in a shadowy canyons, flown from pool to stream. Wanna be like water, head uphill no more. I am bound for the sea. Thank you. That was fabulous. Okay, so it is now time for us to greet each other, which um, is kind of like this on this flat screen. And um, if you are new to us and would like to introduce yourself, you could just unmute and do that. And we would love to hear your voice. Well, we're we're new. This is uh, Rick and Ada Kramer. Hi, we're coming to you from Hi. San Diego. Oh wow! And we're we're here to uh, hear the speaker, uh, John Wakefield. Uh, Wingfield. Oh, oh, Wingfield. Sorry. <laughs> well, you are in for a treat, and we welcome you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for hosting. Yeah, and Irene, I think that. Um, You've been to grandfather's gathering, but I don't know if you've been here on Sunday morning. So we welcome you. Thank you. Yes, this is my first um, service uh, with you. I, I have watched a, a recording previously. So Great. You. Well, we're glad you're here. Uh, so it's time for announcements. And I have a couple, and then if you have one, you could unmute and share. Um, well, you know my ongoing announcement. We need two readers. Uh, the first is for next Sunday, February 7th, and then we need one on the 28th. So if you could check your calendar in the next hour and let me know, I'd be so delighted. And the second is that um, grandfather's medicine wheel teaching is ongoing on Thursday nights at six o'clock right here in this uh, Zoom room. And this coming week, he's going to be talking about the red hawk, dandelion, and the fire opal. And that's all I have. Did anyone else have any announcements? Yes, Susan, you can't see me with my hand raised, but <laughs> I can't, but I hear your voice. Okay. Um, most of you know that um, my daughter Amy caught COVID along with many of the residents at the nursing home. And she came to visit yesterday because she's all better. She's back to work. And out of 60 um, cases there, only one fatality. So good prayer changing. Good, good, good prayers. Thank you, everybody. Great. Okay, it's time now for us to say our unity statement. And so we'll see that here in a second. And here we go. We believe in our oneness with all life and the power of love. We teach universal principles and values as taught by Jesus and others, revealing our one God presence. We practice prayer, meditation, and service to be conscious of our oneness in God. And we'll sing our song of joy, I am a living blessing. Peace and love in this world and all I do. 
today is going to be given by Tom. Good morning. This is from uh, a Ram Das um, spe uh, speaking that he did. Everywhere you look, you see what you're looking for. Everywhere you looked, you see what you're looking for. When you're looking for God, all you see is God. Everywhere you look, you see what you're looking for. People tell me I can't live in the city. People tell me I can't live with my partner. People tell me I can't live in this world of anger and corruption. Everywhere you look, you see what you're looking for. When you're looking for God, all you see is God. How do you stay with God? By stopping reading the newspaper, turning off the news, by isolating yourself, going to the top of the mountain or by a river. Isn't it all just the dance? The dance, the dance of Kali, the dance of Shiva, the dance of life energy, the play, the Lita, the play, the dance. Can you dance? People tell me they don't like doing the laundry. People tell me they're having a hard time with their diets. People tell me they can't stand the traffic. People tell me they're frightened by the way the world is going. Everywhere you look, you see what you're looking for. You know what? Wherever you look, you see what you're looking for. When you're looking for God, all you see is God. What could it possibly mean to transform the world? Aldous Huxley once said to me that he loved jewels because they reminded him of pebbles on the astral plane. Do you think we are going to transform the world by lifting all the pebbles off the walk and replacing them with precious jewels? But haven't you been in a state where everything you look, everywhere you look, it's all precious? The transformation must begin in the human heart transformation doesn't begin with an institution. We don't organize to transform the universe. We don't get a God squad to get it to do it. We start with the individual human heart. We start right there inside ourselves. When your apparatus for perceiving and apperceiving and sensing is transformed, then everywhere you walk, there is only God and everyone you meet has the opportunity to see God through your eyes, through your being. And everyone you meet has the opportunity to see God in themselves when they look through your eyes because you are a mirror 
because that's what you are looking at in them. When people come to you and they are angry, do you see the anger? Wherever you look, you see what you are looking for. When you are in ego, you see the anger. And when you are looking for God, you know what you see? All you see is God. Right in the human heart, the whole process starts. The great transformation is underway. It, it is labeled by so many labels. It's labeled as narcissism, self-preoccupation, the generation of me as decadence. But maybe it is a reawakening, a re-understanding, a new understanding that the basic institution is the human heart, the individual human heart. No bureaucracy will transform earth into heaven, but an individual human heart, the heart of Christ, your heart can do it. It takes only one heart to start the whole chain. Mayor Baba wrote, love has to spring spontaneously from within. It is in no way amenable to any form of inner or outer force. Love and coercion can never go together. Love can never be forced on anyone. It can be awakened in a person through love itself. Love is essentially self-communicative. Those that do not have it, catch it from those who have. True love is unconquerable and irresistible, and it goes on gathering power and spreading itself until it eventually transforms everyone whom it touches. Thank you, Tom. That was fabulous. <clears throat> We're going to sing our meditation song now.
going to say our affirmation. So if you would join me, please. I am the love of God in expression. I am truly thankful for all the good I already experience. I am growing more prosperous with every day. I am healthy, active, whole, and happy. I am always growing and expanding into the fulfillment of my potential. I am at peace knowing that everything I need comes to me in perfect time. And today we will say the progressive Lord's Prayer. Our creator who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, I am. I am thy kingdom come, I am thy will being done. I am on earth, even as I am in heaven. I am giving this day daily bread to all. I am forgiving all life, even as I am also all life forgiving me. I am leading all men and women from temptation. I am delivering all men and women from error, for I am the kingdom and the power and I am the glory of God in eternal, immortal manifestation. All this I am. And Terry, can you lead us in the Alleluia? Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Thank you. <laughs> so this Sunday, we are, I am so happy it is a fifth Sunday and that uh, we have the opportunity to hear from John Wingfield. Um, John lives in Olympia and he is a uh, retired unity minister and I understand that today he's going to talk to us um, with a title of good cooking so I am excited to know what he's going to whip up so John you go right ahead thanks 
Hi, everybody. This is amazing, as I was saying before we began, that <clears throat> so amazing to be together um, in spirit, as it were, even though uh, some of us are very far away down in Southern California and here in my house, Jane is sitting over in the kitchen and, and grandfather at his home and all of you at your home, just wonderful. Um, it's so good to be alive today. This is an exciting time to be here and to be doing what we are doing um, in this as, as Tom was reading that, that uh, we could leave it right there. You know, I could just be quiet and we could meditate on that. The whole idea of, of uh, transformation and based on the idea that what we are seeking is what we are seeing. Um, but I did want to talk about good cooking um, because that's something we all appreciate, I think. Is that true? Anybody here not like good cooking? What does it take for good cooking? Good ingredients, I think. Good vegetables, organic preferably, that have the best flavor and the best nutrition. One thing I learned uh, 30 years ago when I was running marathons was that, that uh, food is fuel. It's for uh, the energy that we need to, tra to transform that and transmute that into uh, activity and health and uh, feeling good and doing good in our life and in the world. And, and so food is a wonderful thing, but in order to bring it all together, we have to have the right ingredients and the right way of bringing it together. So um, with that in mind, I wanna talk about um, something that's really dear to me, and that is uh, um, Jesus uh, and Jesus' teachings. For the last 55 years of my life, I've uh, really been seeking to follow Jesus and his teachings and how he lived his life and do that myself. Um, and for the past 45 years, I've been trying to, uh, in unity, trying to um, do my best to teach and to live the principles uh, that, of the Christ teachings, according to the life and the teachings of Jesus. Um, and yet when I, when I look at Christianity in our world, especially in, our, in this country, what I see is an antithesis very much of what I think Jesus was about. And one of the main principles that, um, well, I'll get to that. I'll get to that principle a little bit. First, I want to tell you a story. And the story is one about unity that I don't know if you've ever read this or if you've ever heard this story, but um, <clears throat> Charles Fillmore was a boy uh, who grew up about in the mid 1800s uh, in Minnesota. His father, uh, his dad, they, he grew up around Lake Wobegon, Minnesota. Any of you Lake Wobegon fans? No? Okay, Lake Wobegon, actually it's a fictional place, but, but uh, where he lived as a boy was his father had a trading post out in the woods close to what is now St. Cloud, Minnesota. And um, one day as he was a little boy out playing in front of their cabin, uh, a group of men, of uh, native men came up and took him away for the day. And at the end of the day, they brought him back home again, unharmed, unscathed. They didn't know he was in good, a good uh, state of mind when he returned. And nobody really knew what he did, what they did with him. But um, it's, it was speculated. And this is a story I was told while I was in ministerial school. I don't remember reading this story anywhere. But... Um, it was speculated that perhaps what they did was the medicine wheel or some ritual um, that the native men and were conducting with people. They recognized in him a light. Well, Charles Fillmore went on after that. He, as he was growing up, he injured himself and injured, had a severe leg injury. And one of his legs grew shorter than the, uh, uh, slower than the other. So 
when he was a man, it wasn't fully uh, as long as the other. So he always walked with a limp, but it didn't stop him. He became a mule skinner of all things. And that meant he was like a wagon. He drove a wagon in the Rocky Mountains, getting over the mountains. Uh, in other words, it's like a truck driver today, right? And then he uh, settled in um, Dillon, Colorado or someplace and he worked for a while. And then he moved down to Texas to Denison, Texas, where he was a postmaster at one day or one evening at a um, book reading or poetry reading at the library, he met a woman by the name of uh, Myrtle Page and they did their courting and sparking and they got married and um, she was ill. She had tuberculosis, they, they think, they speculate and uh, through prayer and meditation, she was healed from that. And that was the beginning of what we know today as unity with her prayer and his meditation and his developing. She was, he was like the metaphysician and she was like the metaspiritual uh, foundation of unity, the, the founders of unity. And um, so I wanted to just preface that and let you know that that kind of some background of unity um, history, because I like history a lot. And um, one of the things that they practiced and um, that I think followers of Christ really need to practice and, and I think we need to live in our life is nonviolence because nonviolence is something which uh, Jesus practiced. Remember when he was taken prisoner in the garden and a um, one of his uh, defenders was Peter and he pulled out a sword and whacked off the ear of a guard and Jesus admonished him and he put the ear back on and healed the guard. Remember that little story from the Bible? Any of you read the Bible? No? Anyway, it happened. And um, so he practiced and he taught nonviolence. He did not allow violence in his name or in his uh, presence. And, and yet what we've seen down through the, the two millennia since his life was, has been extreme violence, oppression, control uh, in the name of Jesus. And we've seen it just this month uh, with the Christian nationalism in, in our country and, <clears throat> and white nationalism, which is all tied up together. Um, and I really think we should consider some of the, some of the other uh, influences in our society right now. We just had a few days ago, Martin Luther King uh, holiday and uh, Martin Luther King Jr. And one of the things that we've learned from Martin Luther King Jr. is nonviolence. He practiced, he lived nonviolence. Uh, I remember when he, the day he was shot, I was terrified. I was so scared. I was in college at the time, 1968. I was going to San Francisco the next day for a week uh, during spring break. And I was really scared that the whole country would erupt in violence. And, and there was violence, but it was short-lived and it was, it was just in a few places, uh, not in San, there was some in San Francisco, but that actually was more around San Francisco, San Francisco State University where they were having a lot of uh, conflict with Hayagawa and, and all that stuff around peace and conflict, if you recall. But <clears throat> anyway, um, the center, the Martin Luther King Jr. Center uh, in Atlanta is doing some really great work in spreading nonviolence. Um, yesterday was the beginning of the season of nonviolence. I don't know if you're aware of this. This uh, something has been happening for many years now and it extends from January 30th until April 4th. And it is the uh, combination of the tradition of Martin Luther King Jr. and Mahatma Gandhi and um, and the, His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, all of whom really um, profess and teach and live the, or did the principles of nonviolence. Um, some of the things in, in this um, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. They have, um, in his teachings, he, he located or, or identified three areas of evil in our society and those those areas are injustice racism and militarism 
So when he said um, that I have seen, what do you say, right? Um, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. I think he was declaring that he was free of those three forces of evil, of racism, injustice, and militarism. And of course, right after that, not long after that, he was shot. But um, some of the areas where I think nonviolence is ap applicable in our life and, and that we can live in our life that are very important. That Martin Luther King Jr. Center um, teaches and practices and promotes in society is nonviolence is a way of life to better connect humanity. And as we get together and share for greater understanding, that's one of the principles of unity is understanding. And so that means we reach out to communicate with one another, to understand what our needs are instead of, instead of just living on our opinions and our beliefs to be able to understand and to uh, promote these ideas in ways that will, uh, that will help us connect and resolve our differences and solve our problems and, and resolve our challenges that we, that we have before us in life. We're at an incredible time that's so exciting because this is a time to reset um, and start again with our whole society. And, and <clears throat> so we have an opportunity to lay down some practices and some principles that will make a huge difference for the sake of justice. And one of the things I've been promoting and teaching and trying to figure out myself, what does, um, what does restorative justice look like now? Because we're, we're all familiar with um, punitive justice. We know how to, to punish people we find guilty and, and we really get off on that, you know, as, as a society and as people, we, we have a, a lot of um, energy around punishing wrongdoers, people who make mistakes and keep repeating those mistakes instead of finding ways to solve the problems behind the mistakes, to raise, us, to raise ourselves up to a higher level of thinking. As Einstein said, we will never solve our problems at the same level of consciousness we were at when we created those problems. And so finding those principles of nonviolence and applying them in our life, reconciliation, nonviolence seeks to defeat injustice rather than people. And I think that during this time to um, also to be able to defeat or overcome our differences and resolve those differences and find our common ground, our common humanity. Um, Nonviolence chooses to love instead of hate, chooses to forgive and to resolve our differences and our discrepancies. Martin Luther King Jr. I, I, we could go on with quotes and all of these ideas all day long, but it doesn't matter because what really matters is what, what we live. It's not what we say. It's how we live our life. The difference is made in what happens, not the words that happen, not the words that ricochet in our head. But he did say that those who love peace must learn to organize as effectively as those who love war. We know that there are a lot of people who make great profits in war, great profits in conflict and, and, and difficulties between people and among people. But we need to learn ways to get great profits out of peace, to have great profit in like wonderful music, for instance, wonderful art, wonderful creativity, and and being able to solve our problems that are before us instead of making it more problems. So um, 11 days ago, the president in his inaugural speech called for unity. That's why I told the story of unity to begin with of Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, called for unity. And unity isn't just an idea we have or a nice song that we sing, um, but it's a way of living our life that makes a difference. 
and the, the actions that we take in our life that will make a difference in being of service and being helpful to others, caring for others, being kind to others, being generous with our thoughts and our words and actions. Because our, our violence, violence in our life is when harm is done to other people. That's my definition. Whenever harm is done, and that can be an, an action or in, indirect action, even like addiction, you know, if addiction, alcoholism it, is a very violent thing. If you don't believe that or don't understand that, then, then read the book, um, Angela's Ashes by uh, Frank McCourt. And he talks about how his father was um, an alcoholic. He had a good job, but he was alcoholic and he drank every Friday when he got through and the, the children of the family suffered and they died from malnutrition. So it's just a, a it's a true story. And, but it's a true story for people all around the world with all kinds of addictions that, that um, are violent to the family, to the children or to other people. So those are things that we need to heal in our life and, and um, bring love and understanding to bear instead of more violence, instead of indifference. Um, I, for one, am one person, and I would guess that some of you are as well. <clears throat> I grew up and profited greatly in my life from white privilege. Um, I went to university because of that. Because, you know, I got jobs because of that. I made the right connections because of that. And it's something I took for granted for so long until it was brought to my attention. And what I realized that years ago when I lived in Tokyo, Japan, this was 1974 and five, um, I realized that I am the minority. I am among the minority, that Asians and people of color around the world are the majority. And, and it, privilege got me that far. But it's time that we take and everybody have that privilege. Everyone should have the privilege to be able to choose what they want and what they need and be able to make those choices work for them as well as their families and others around them. Um, excuse me. Uh, sometimes I'm emotionally imbalanced and I kind of lose control of it. Um, I think you'll understand. In the inaugurational event, um, the one, <laughs> the showstopper, the one who really stole the show was the young woman, um, the poet laureate. Um, and um, Amanda Gorman, and she said some things that was in her poetry that was so beautiful. And one of the lines I think that was really missed, she said, Somehow we weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished. And I think that's so true for all of us. We are not broken. We are not broken humanity. We are not a broken country. We are not a broken democracy. We are just not finished. We are in process and we have a lot of work to do in that process. And then she finished up with the, the line that um, has been, gotten so much attention um, and I think it's so beautiful that I'll say it. And that is, for there's always, there's always light if we're brave enough to see it. And only if we're brave enough to be it. So it takes a lot of daring to be this light. It takes a lot of courage to be a loving human human being to be kind and to be generous it takes a lot of daring to be who we're truly meant to be in our life now, not just think about it on sunday morning and go on our way but to continue to bring ourselves back to point and to live this way so um i think it's time to pray <laughs> uh, let's have a time to kind of wrap this up and and have a, a prayer time if you will let's get still
And as we still our thinking and our emotions, our feelings, our imaginations, let them settle. and open to this prayer. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. An instrument of peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Let our hearts open and respond to hatred with love. Where there is offense or injustice, let me sow pardon. Where there is discord, let me sow union. Where there is error, let me sow truth. Not just my truth. What I think is truth. But let me sow the absolute truth. Our oneness. Where there is doubt, let me sow faith. Where there is despair, let me sow hope. Where there's sadness, let me sow joy. Let me bring joy. Where there's darkness, let me bring your light. O oh, Master, let me not seek as much to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to be loving. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in self-forgetting that we find. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we find eternal life. Absolute transformation. in the one, now. So be it. Amen. Thank you, John. What a great opportunity for us to take a look at ourselves. And as always, um, without any planning, our music and our reading and our <clears throat> message just come together so beautifully.
So um, now <clears throat> it's time, excuse me. <clears throat> it's time for our offering. And um, we'd like to thank everyone who has sent in um, checks to the church. And if you wish to do that, they can be sent to 800 South Pearl Street. And in addition to being grateful for any funds you send, we're also really so happy that um, people are helping with their time and talent as well. So um, let us say our offering prayer together. If you happen to have your gift with you, you can hold it in your hand. Divine love through me, blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am. And together we can bless these gifts. We bless these gifts and send them forth to heal, bless, and prosper. They are evidence of our faith and belief. They do good work in the world and return to us multiplied abundantly. And so it is. And it's time for our healing prayer. Um, we can be grateful that Amy, um, Amy O'Neill, Joanne's daughter is recovering and getting better and we can continue to bless her and all the people that she works with. Um, I would like to have us hold uh, Jeff, my friend's son who has liver concerns in our prayers. And if anyone else has, um, Anything they would like to bring up, you can unmute and let us know. Yes, my son-in-law, Billy, um, is going to Cleveland this week for a uh, procedure around his heart. Mm. Okay, Billy. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to. Oh, yeah, well, we have a a good friend that raises vegetables here in the valley. You know, we just became acquainted with a few weeks ago and he has uh, a form of cancer and he's also been having some heart problems. Uh, he's a great, great guy. And we, we want to hold him in our prayer and we have others here too that we, we've been holding in prayer. That, uh, okay, thank you, John. Beloved Mother, Father, God, we ask for the highest and greatest good, and greatest good for our brothers, for and, brothers sisters, and sisters and endeavor to see them through your eyes, knowing all is in divine order. Amen. And next we have our prayer of protection. Let's say this together. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is, and all is well. And you can imagine that we are circled up and um, all holding hands and uh, getting ready to sing the peace song. So. Here we go. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. Let 
Let there be peace on earth, the peace that was meant to be, with God as creator, family all are we. Let us walk with each other in perfect harmony. Let peace begin with me. Let this be the moment now. With every step I take, let this be my joy as well. To take each moment and live each moment in peace eternally. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. Thank you. I'd like to thank everyone who made our service possible today. John, thank you so much for your message. Uh, Tom, for your reading. Terry, for your lovely voice. Kenny, thank you for taking us through the slides. And for all the people who do all the tech stuff and for all of you for showing up. So thank you for being here. Next week, our speaker will be Dr. Daria Funches. And um, yeah, that's all I know. So feel free to stay for a few minutes and visit. And I hope you all have a blessed week. <laughs>